0: So here we are. I always introduce the uh, recordings with the class so that later when I edit them, I know which class it was. So today, Abnormal Psychology, this is going to be the first of two recordings on our next category, our next chapter, chapter nine in our textbook, Sexual and Gender Disorders. Now, this is a pretty large category, and I'm going to tell you that I'm going to skip over some of the disorders because I'll talk about them, but I'm not going to go in depth on them. Um, Some of them are more physical-based, some of them are more behavioral-based. And then some of them are gender-based, but our our world's changing in terms of gender. So you know those are probably the most subjective, although they have been changed at DSM-5 to I think acknowledge some of that. So let's go ahead and take a look, right? So sexual and gender disorders, what do we know? Well, we know that the scientific study of sex, human sexuality, really is a recent occurrence, right? Kinsey's research was in the 1940s. There's been research done before then, um, but relatively recently, we've really started to look at the physiology of sex, at the, you know, how it works. Since the mid-1900s, researchers have collected data on the prevalence of different kinds of sexual behavior, so what's normal and what's not. I always kinda tell people this in my human sexuality class. Think about the behaviors that you participate in Um, to attain sexual satisfaction. Now, imagine that your parents are doing some of those behaviors and that your grandparents did those behaviors and that your great-grandparents did those behaviors. Because chances are we weren't the first generation to think up some of the activities. They've probably been around since the dawn of time. But now we know what's normal what isn't. Because we don't like to think about what other people are doing. Behind the closed doors of their bedroom. As a perspective of sexuality became more open over the past half century, the DSM system has adopted a broader view of sexual variations and dysfunctions. Right? Sexual variations are no longer considered deviations or disorders on their surface a priori, just by mere, you know, oh, this just seems different than the missionary style, so it is odd or eccentric. No, no, no. We've gone a little bit further. Instead, they must be reoccurrent, persistent, distressing to the individual in most cases. So let's say that you and your partner, you have a little, I like to call it the toolbox. You have a toolbox of activities that you like to do for sexual pleasure, right? This weekend, it's maybe, you know, it's not, we're in the fall semester, but let's say when we get to Valentine's Day, right? You want to do something special for your love partner, and so you decide to rent a cabin and you're going to do a, I don't know, bondage weekend, master slave, submission dominance kind of thing. If if that's just one of the many roles you play in your experiences, that by itself is not a problem. Now, if that is the only way you can attain sexual satisfaction and it's disturbing to you and your partner, now we're starting to get in the realm of why are you doing it then? Now there's a problem. Is that going to make sense? So that's one of the things that we see. Masters and Johnson, 1966, and if you had Psychology 101 with me, we went through some of this in gender and sexuality. They made observations in laboratory settings of over 10,000 episodes of sexual activity. Masters and Johnson had actually had people come in and perform sex acts in the lab and they recorded them. How much ejaculation occurs, What's the rhythmic pattern during orgasm? How deep is the average vagina? How long is the average penis? Right? How long does it take to get to sexual satisfaction? How how much time? So they they analyzed all the physiology, if you will, of the sexual act. And they came up with what's called the basic sexual response cycle, which is the same for men and women. Um, And the four phases are here. There's actually a fifth phase they added later that's more emotional, and that's called the desire. So the first phase isn't listed on this list. The first phase that was added later is the desire or appetitive, think appetite, desire or appetitive phase. In other words, you have to have a desire or appetite for sexual activity in order to pursue it. Maybe you're turned off by sex, you have no desire, well then nothing's going to happen. If desire is not there, then nothing else occurs. There has to be a desire first. Then the four stages, according to Masters and Johnson, are excitement, where you get excited about sexual activity. You have the build-up, if you will, of excitement. Blood starts to flow to the genitals. You know, heart rate increases. Blood pressure increases. You have the plateau phase. You have to reach a certain level of sexual excitement and maintain that level of excitement for a certain period of time. The plateau if you last long enough, then you get to the third phase, which is the orgasmic phase where you have an orgasm, the climax, the peak, the uncontrolled you know, final uh, act, if you will, of sexuality. And then finally after orgasm, there's the return back down to the pre-excitement phase, what we call the resolution. We know that males and females follow this pattern in general. Some slight differences. After orgasm, women can usually maintain, they fall back to the plateau stage, and they can orgasm again. Not all women, but some can. So they can have multiple orgasms before resolution. For males, it tends to be on average that they have an orgasm, and then they go through a period of time called the refractory period, a period of time either even with direct stimulation, they will not get re-aroused. And the best, this is a bad pun, please forgive me, It's almost like thinking about it takes time to reload. So you can stimulate them. They still have the desire. They still have the want. They're still excited about sexuality. But physiology doesn't allow them to regain an erection for a period of time. The younger you are, the shorter the refractory period, maybe a couple minutes. The older you are, the longer the refractory period, maybe a couple hours. But in general, both males and females follow the same pattern. We know that direct stimulation of the clitoris is uh, essential for attainment of orgasm, or at least that was a myth that we thought about. That was what was believed, that if you didn't directly stimulate the clitoris, there was going to be no orgasm. We know that's not necessarily the case. People can actually get stimulated to the point of orgasm by just emotional connections with other people. So clitoral uh, you know, stimulation is, can be helpful, but it's not a requirement. We know that this is, was another uh, myth prior to Masters and Johnson's research that clitoral orgasms are better than vaginal orgasms. In fact, um, Freud believed that, I think, that vaginal orgasms were more immature and that clitoral orgasms were more mature. And of course, that's debunked. That simultaneous orgasms represent a superior sexual accomplishment? No, because we know for males that's not necessarily possible. For females, some are just more in tune. Some females orgasm and then it's painful afterwards, and so they don't desire another orgasm. Because they're so stimulated, it becomes uncomfortable. We know um, a myth prior to Masters and Johnson was that the size of the penis contributes importantly to female sexual sexual enjoyment or satisfaction and that's where the line size doesn't matter really came out of, you know, Masters and Johnson. It's not the size but how it's used, right? It's the other parts, if you will. So, the first category that we're going to talk about and I kind of wanted to get there but we'll just talk about this slide and then we'll kind of stop, right? Or, or maybe we'll just stop here. Do you want to just stop here? So we'll stop here. What we're going to do, I'll just give you a general overview for the next recording. So we're going to talk about three different categories. The first one's called sexual dysfunctions. Sexual dysfunctions are a breakdown in the sexual response cycle I just showed you. Premature ejaculation. Inhibited sexual response. Right? Delayed orgasm. So again, there's going to be a problem emotionally and physically with the stages. That's sexual dysfunction. And the treatments are gonna focus on physical treatments and couples therapy and, and you know, those kind of things. Reducing anxiety, because can anxiety cause performance problems in sex? Oh yeah. You're anxious, you're worried that, oh, you know uh, uh, someone might not like my smells or someone might not, you know, not like my appearance and so you can't get into the moment, the moment if you will. So the first category is gonna be sexual dysfunctions. We're going to breeze through those. The second category is what we call sexual disorders, and those are more things like what we used to call the paraphilias. They're gonna be abnormal sexual desires, if you will. Frauderism, fetishism, again, some of the isms. We now talk talk about fetishistic disorder, so it's not a person, but it's a, a characteristic of a person. And then the final category we're gonna talk about, which is kind of a small category, is gender-related disorders. We used to have what's called gender identity disorder, that if you believed you were the wrong sex trapped in the wrong body, then we could do sex reassignment surgery and make your anatomy fit your body. Um, some people believe that that was a, a disorder. Today, we've changed that as of 2013. We call it sexual, or we call it gender dysphoria. It's a, it's, you're dysphoric, you're down, you're, you're depressed maybe about your gender. In other words, it's upsetting. Your gender is upsetting to you. So one treatment could be sex reassignment surgery. One treatment could be getting you to feel comfortable in your gender, whatever. But it's a much different outcome. Does that kind of make sense? So we'll talk about all those categories when we get back together. Thanks for listening.